Hello, podcast listeners. This is Alan Barr from alanmbarr.com, internal tools, platform product manager. And this is the Alan Barr Show, where we talk about technology, business, self-improvement, and other topics that are interesting. Today's topic is defining a vision. Yes, visions. I know you're all so excited to talk about visions and how important they are to achieving great big things in our lives. Uh, However, I can imagine many of you are not super duper comfortable writing down visions or having visions. However, I do think that we all have the ingredients to make a really great vision. I don't think it's that impossible. However, it may not come naturally to you. To me, it comes very naturally. It seems so easy, so simple. It's like breathing for me. However, I can empathize and understand that for other people, it's a little difficult to pull it all together, to take a stand, to to really try to achieve something big, difficult, challenging, that goes against what you're used to doing, that requires a lot of change. And that's what we live in in the world today is about change, about living in a place where nothing is truly static. We're constantly learning and growing and changing to support a future with new technologies, new ways of working together, all those different things. So there's gonna be three acts today, and those three acts are gonna be focused on what is the point of a vision, how do you craft a vision, and marketing that vision. Those are the three acts that we're gonna to cover today. But before I get into those acts, I want to do I want to talk a little bit about visioning and creating the vision and the way I would kind of sum it up is into three parts where you're visualizing the future, you're trying to make it very apparent in your mind's eye what it truly is you're going towards, what's that outcome, what's the destination that you want to achieve. When you communicate your vision, you you should feel it in your body. When you communicate it out that it is internalized with you, that you believe it strongly. If you don't, that's probably not the vision for you. You really don't want that. And the purpose of a vision is for others to take part on the journey, to help you, to see the changes that are required, to understand what's going to happen in the future. You don't need to make it a perfect vision. It doesn't need to be incredibly focused on what will happen in the future. It is meant to convey a lot of information. And I'll talk more about that in the different acts today. Now you might be asking yourself, why should I even bother? What is the point of this? This is just a frou-frou activity. We have so many things to do. What is the point of this? Oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. I cannot stand this, right? However, I think it comes down to a very simple and easy choice you have to make. Do you want to make the next few years of your life incredibly difficult, challenging, and hard? Or do you want to take the easy way, make it really clear, and make it super easy for people to help you? I think it's pretty clear what I'd prefer to do. I want people to help me and know what they should be doing, and I think that's what a vision can achieve. So if you choose not to create a vision, what you're doing is you are hoping people discover via side conversations, through meetings, through months of time, maybe years, that they think really hard about what you're trying to achieve and somehow anticipate your expectations. And I don't know about you, but that's never really worked well for me. Uh, Historically, people don't seem to read my mind very well, and I found it better to 
communicate clearly and concisely via the medium of writing so that they can get an idea of what we're trying to achieve and how to act and behave. So let's start going into what a vision kind of looks like. So a vision is aspirational. It should be hard. You don't want it to be too easy or you want to give people a lot of credit into what they're willing and able to tackle. You want to define a very difficult far vision because that will energize people to want to overcome those big hard challenges you're setting in front of them. If you make it really easy or you try to establish a very quick win that you perceive, that might do you more harm in the long run because you're not giving enough credit to people. When they try to understand your vision, it clearly doesn't make sense because you're not giving them a fair chance to, to do something difficult or hard or to surprise you. So before we get into the, the, the first act, I want to make it clear to you that you have everything you need to define and create a vision. If you're working on a big, hard project, you'll probably need to craft it with multiple people, leaders that have insights into different areas of what you're trying to achieve. That's totally normal. You have all the ingredients to make a successful vision. There's nothing stopping you. It's putting in the time and thought and effort to achieve clarity in what you're trying to do. So there's some questions that you might ask yourself as you and your team are coming together to create the vision of the future. And one question I would have you ask yourself is, what are the actions that I'm doing that are leading to the world I want to create? What am I planning to impact? How am I going to feel after achieving this big mission? What are the processes and actions that the team is going to do that will lead to a big outcome in the world? Why would anyone want to help us? Your vision should be lied on how. It's not the purpose of the vision. The vision needs to be ambiguous. It needs to be vague. It needs to be clear on the outcome, but not on how the outcome is going to be achieved via some technology or business process or initiative. It's really more about the outcome. All right, let's get into the first act. So what is the point of a vision? Like I alluded to earlier, it's really about making your possible success more likely to be successful. Let me share with you my vision that I wanna live in the future. This is not something that I'm going to achieve today. It's something that's more long-term. However, I think you can glean some insights into what a vision might look like by me giving you a concrete example of what a vision is that I've defined for myself and the world I want to live in. So in my vision, what I want to do is I want to impact a billion people on this planet. Well, that's quite a lot of people, and there's going to be a lot of work that goes into that. So how, as Alan Barr, can I impact a billion people? Well, what I do know is that all small to medium-sized businesses need an enterprise operating system and API development platform to create new experiences for their customers. Today in the world, you need to go to Amazon, you need to assemble all the pieces piece by piece for your development teams and do a lot of work. And what we can do, what I'd like to do is package all the pieces of identity management, platform infrastructure management, clouds, API development, communication into one cohesive system that as a small to medium-sized business, I can buy and I can start using. 
to level the playing field for all businesses that choose to adopt it. And the benefit is that those businesses can start focusing on new experiences, new business models for their customers and not worry about the amount of cost it takes to get into the market to hire people to build all these systems that we're all building anyways. So the benefits to me are incredibly clear in that as you can go to Amazon or Azure or other cloud providers, buy all the tools, like you would go to the tool shop, I wanna go buy the fabricated house that's already been created so that I can go live in it and do the living I wanna do, not the building that is happening today. So that's what I wanna do. In 10 years, an enterprise OS is available and a billion people are benefited by its, its existence. It's not gonna conquer the world, However, it's going to make a huge impact and power lots of new businesses. That would be my dream. My dream is that we take all the expertise that's living in the brains of developers and embed it into a system, and then those same developers can focus on empowering new experiences for all these tens of millions of businesses to build on top of this platform that would be sold, that today you're buying the bricks, tomorrow you're buying the prefab house. That's my vision of the future. How am I going to achieve it? I have no clear idea. However, if I can attract the right people that want to work with me, that want to be empowered, product-minded engineers, solve difficult, challenging problems related to getting data in the right places, answering really simple questions that seem to be so hard. Who owns this API? What is the life cycle status of this API? How can we manage this? Where is the database? What database can I connect to? When can I connect to it? Can I update it? Who do I need to talk to? Very simple, obvious, easy questions that are very difficult to answer over time. That's what I, I wanna help solve. That's my vision for the future. So what you're detecting in this vision I'm defining is it's very big, it's very aspirational, uh, it's quite challenging. If I were to use, and I'll get into this in Act 2, a, a different technique called the Vivid Vision, which is a written document that thoroughly describes from beginning to end all the different aspects of your business and how it's going to operate, that would be more impactful and more engaging for people to look into and get into. And I'll explain that in just a moment as we get into Act 2. So I hope that helps you understand what the vision is supposed to be doing for you it's painting the picture of what success looks like in the future. It's focused on who's getting the value. Who's getting the value? They are the communities of people that are benefited by the businesses that are using the software that I wanna create. The problem it is solving is that this is the commodity integration of data and APIs that is very difficult and time consuming and expensive to get to because we have the expertise of people that need to assemble together from scratch all the time. I want to ease that. I want to commoditize that as soon as possible so we can get on to the more exciting things, uh, the universe of CRUD APIs, so that's create, read, update, delete, that will power the future of businesses in the world. Very exciting. It's something I'm excited about. And that's one of the things that's going to be very key for you and you when you craft your vision is that you're excited by it, you see the value, you can get passionate about it, and you can start turning that into material to communicate to your teams because it's going to take a lot of reiteration over time to make sure that they're on the same page, they know what you're doing, and they understand the vision as it's being executed. 
So let's get into Act 2 about crafting the vision. The vision. So how do you craft a vision? It seems quite daunting and there's lots of details and what do we need to do to start? If you work at a big organization or you have a big challenge, you need to work with the leaders that know about the problem space. You will meet and converse and via a document craft what that vision is. The type of vision I recommend is defined by Cameron Harold. The reason I like Cameron Harold's idea of a vivid vision is it is incredibly descriptive of everything that you want your business to do in the future. It allows you to take a stand and illustrate in vivid detail what is going to work for your business. The benefit is it leaves no room for ambiguity. Sure, some words can be ambiguous and a paragraph can be ambiguous, but if you give enough detail and write between three to six pages of what you're trying to achieve, it's pretty clear. It's pretty hard to misunderstand a particular line and your whole document and vision shouldn't be catered to one particular line of what your vision is. The purpose of it is to be incredibly descriptive of what the processes, the behaviors, the departments, the business lines, anything you can think of. Make it clear and concrete what those people and behaviors are that will be required. Set people up for success. Make it clear to them. If you need to change every two to three years, then throw it in there. In two to three years, we're learning, we're learning a new technology. We're going into a new business area. We're going to a new vertical. Make it clear for people so they know what to expect. Obviously, it's going to change, and I think we all expect that our vision is going to change over time. What you can do with your leadership, if you're not willing to go to the route of the vivid vision, and I caution against not doing that, I recommend doing the vivid vision, is because what you're doing is you leave it to chance for everyone to guess what they need to do and how they need to participate with your vision. You can think of Elon Musk and his vision of going to Mars. If, and I'm not sure if he's defined a vivid vision or not. However, if his whole vision statement was, we as a transportation company are planning to go to Mars, there is a lot of detail that uh, is lacking in this description of the vision. And the people operating with his company are not gonna be completely sure what they need to do to be successful, how are they going to act, what's their place in the story, what do they need to do. So I think there's tons of value here. I've used it to great success with my own personal projects. However, uh, it's a personal decision. So you should you know, make sure that you know what you're asking for from people. And there will probably be a lot of rounds of feedback and review before you release it widely into the world because there are a lot of people that help initiatives and not everybody is going to be that big risk taker. Some people are going to be those people that are keeping the house in order and making sure that nothing is breaking suddenly. And they're not always the, the greatest at adapting to change, but they're definitely valuable in making sure that, you know, we can retain the value. So you got to definitely work with all the people you have and communicate in a very tender hearted way that you have a big difficult challenge you need their help with. Think of the document as a side effect of the alignment process. It's not meant to be shared out widely. You definitely can if that's going to get you a lot of traction. And asynchronous communication is probably one of the most leverage activities you can do versus synchronously sharing your ideas person to person. However, a lot of times these big visions are not for everybody to read because 
they're pretty far out there and aspirational. But experiment with it. See, maybe it does resonate for them. Maybe they feel more engaged, empowered, and want to take part in your big vision that you've shared. So let's get into Act 3, which is the marketing of your vision. And I think that this is actually the core piece of all of the work. Defining the vision, important, sure. Communicating it one time, very important, very good to do. Continually marketing the vision to who you work with, who is engaged on the project, very important. New people will join, people will leave, people will forget. There is the forgetting curve. We're constantly focusing and distracted on different things. Imagine that people will get bogged down in the details and they're not going to always remember to come back to the vision. You can use the vision as a document that you share out periodically, or you can turn concepts of the vision into catchphrases that you repeat over and over, making sure that you're calling back to this destination in your communication to the people you work with that are helping you achieve the how of the vision. When you communicate the vision to people one-on-one, it's important that you feel it in your body and that you're expressing it to the people that are executing it, that you get them excited, that they feel like you are bought in totally and they are there to help you achieve it. We all want to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. A big vision enables people to feel like they're part of that bigger thing, that they are working on something massively important. They're making an impact in the world. A job becomes more about purpose. It's not about where can I get the most money. Imagine your vision becoming a complete differentiator between your company and your competitors for talent. What company that you are competing against is going to match the vision that you have? If you have people that stay because they feel fulfilled and have a purpose, I can't speak for everyone, but I would more likely stay someplace where I felt like I could take a big crack at achieving a big vision, a big impact. And there's probably people that would still leave because they have very, you know, various reasons. Maybe they, they're not that bought in. However, I think that it makes it really difficult if you feel like your impact is going to be critical with achieving a big, difficult, challenging goal that's set ahead of you and requires significant amounts of personal change, learning, growth, opportunities. There's all this possible value that's available in the world. It's really our own limitations that stop us from achieving those possibilities. We see others in the world achieving these big audacious things. However, it's not as simple as reading some blog post or a book or watching a YouTube video or going to a conference to become that. We all have to make sense of it in our own organizations. And you might be at some place where it's not immediately clear what the goal is. And I don't have a great solution for you how to solve that. I think that's just part of life in that some places it's super easy for them to have a big vision and cast it widely and seek people out, get them on board, do all those great things. Others 
are more pragmatic. They're there to serve, to run a business, to make some money. It's not that engaging. It's not that fun. However, it's predictable. It's available. It's life. And I think you can make an impact on the things that you're working on and have a clear, distinct vision and share that out broadly and widely with the people you work with directly. Uh, And using catchphrases and marketing because once you've defined this big vision and you've shared it out, it's the constant reminder and follow-up with people to make sure, are they reaching those behaviors? Are they being coached to those behaviors? One thing that I did not do on previous initiatives was to express in exacting detail how I would expect my teams to act as high performers, how I would have them model good behaviors in different exercises via design, in planning, in execution, in delivery, all the different aspects of doing the work. However, I think that it is still a process. We all are going on a journey. It's going to be beneficial for you to reach out to others that are similar to you and find out what did they do to become successful. Who's that person that's a step ahead of you? A really great technique that I have used and benefited from is to seek out someone in the world that is a step ahead of you and ask for their help and insights. They will help you. If they're not willing to help you, they're probably just the wrong person to ask anyways. They're probably not the best. Don't worry about it. This is uh, stuff I've learned from Bo Eason. Uh, Really great stories. You can Google it really quickly. So let me just round out the marketing piece with three things you can do to improve your marketing of your vision. One of them is as you're working through it and you continue to bring it up, what's in it for them? Always think about as you're conveying the message of the vision, how the people you're speaking to are going to participate, how it's going to impact them, what they'll need to learn, etc., etc. That will go a long way to make sure you're covering the bits and pieces that they're curious about, they're maybe not asking enough questions about that they might be confused on. And you can even ask them things like, is there anything being unsaid? Is there anything unclear? So that people are prompted to feel comfortable to ask a question that they may be keeping silent because they don't want to look silly uh, during a discussion that they just didn't understand something. Secondly, use lists of three. We can remember three things. In three things, we can remember a list of three things in one of those sub items, right? So the benefit of this is as you're repeating each day, each week, the vision, if it's long enough, people are going to get distracted, right? So if you focus and you prioritize those three things you need to do each day and communicate that broadly, people will remember and they will be engaged to continue to act and focus on those top things before they do other work. That's important. Lastly, in your marketing efforts, I want you to use three marketing trigger words that are commonly used in other marketing that will help propel you to keep people engaged, interested, motivated. Those three words are imagine, you, and because. The reason why, and you probably heard in this podcast that I use imagine quite a bit, The reason why I use imagine and the reason why I say the reason why is because it helps you focus. So the reason why I use imagine is because it helps you think about what you need to do to be part of my vision. You are putting yourself already 
in your brain, in your thought space for achieving that future goal. It's engaging. It's interesting. People don't tend to do that enough in public speaking. They should definitely engage the audience as much as possible, get them thinking, get them into different modes of thought because it's more fun, because it's more interesting. And the reason why I say you should use because is that people are more likely to want to do an action when they know the reason behind doing that action. This comes from research that uh, many other podcasts have covered better than this one will, which essentially uh, a woman would cut into a line, and in some cases she would ask, in other cases she would give a reason. And the time she gave a reason, it was more likely she would be able to cut in front of people. So people love to hear the why behind things, and we should share that. As leaders, it's important we are constantly sharing the context and the why behind the activities that we're asking people to do because it's gonna keep them motivated and engaged and bought into the vision. And finally, the last word you wanna use is you. Me? You're probably thinking that in your head or if you've ever been in a meeting and you had someone higher up talk that way, it is fun, it's really great. It feels more engaging. I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, I'm talking directly to you this is not some me shouting on the rooftops to the whole world and talking about me and my stuff. It's about you, about how I can help you, what you can learn from me and the journey I've been on. And maybe over time, I find out from my listeners things that are working for them where I missed the mark or you are conquering a new experience that I've never seen or heard or could have imagined. Uh, so I hope all of that is helpful. I want to close this out today reflecting on what we talked about, what, what this whole thing was about. It's about a vision and defining one for something that you're working on. The bigger, the better. I think that in the past I was a little hesitant about defining a even bigger vision. Maybe that was good, maybe that was not. I, I've definitely been in that camp before. Uh, start somewhere. It's going to be okay. If your vision isn't big enough, that's probably going to be okay. Anything, anything is better than nothing. Go, go try something out. Understand that it's important to have one. If you do not define one, it's just a missed opportunity. If you do define one, I recommend The Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold. I don't think you need to read the whole book. You can find the PDF online. It's not super difficult. Be very descriptive about everything that you want to see with the people you work with and how, what are the behaviors and practices that are going to help you achieve that big goal. And then finally, market. Continue to market your efforts. Do not keep showing up. Let's just say keep showing up every day, promoting your product, your initiative, your service, your anything. Continue to report the numbers, the growth, who's having a good time, what's happening. People want to know. They're interested. They're not going to absorb and read every single message that you send out, every communication. Anything is good. Imagine people do not have the time, the effort, the inclination one day, but another day, all of a sudden, they're, they have rapt attention. They're very engaged. They want to know more. You never know. It takes quite a lot of time and repetition for people to internalize the information. 
They may need one of their peers to tell them. Who knows? There's many, 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 many reasons why they might engage or not engage with your message, your idea, your product. It might take a lot of time, and that's okay. Let them be ready to come at the time they're ready to participate. Focus on the three marketing words that you can use to communicate your product and your message. Those words being imagine, you, and because. The reason why you want to use those is because imagine helps us think about what the future could be. You, it makes it more engaging and interesting and makes them feel like they're part of it because is defining the why for people. Defining the why is very important so you can they can feel engaged and part of the process and not feel like they're being told to do things with no real background and knowledge about that. I hope that's helpful. I had a lot of fun thinking about this and making notes and gluing it all together. I hope this benefits you uh, in some way, shape, or form. Make it a great week. See ya!